Hello and welcome to Inside Music, episode number 192. As always, I'm your host, James Shotwell, and I hope this finds you well. How are you doing? Are you healthy? Are you hydrated? Are you staying away from one another? Are you staying indoors? It's been a little bit of a wild time as of late, as I'm sure you've no doubt noticed, and things are, I think we're adjusting. I think that we're getting along pretty okay. My partner and I went out to the store this morning at about 6 a.m. to grab some last-minute groceries, and our plan moving forward is just to stay inside. And I hope that that is the same for you, because the faster we all just hunker down and stay home, the faster we can all get back to life as we know it, or as we knew it as it stands right now. I don't know about you, but I really miss going to concerts. I miss going to movies. I miss getting out of the house. But if it takes three weeks or four weeks or five weeks to ensure that no one else gets sick on a massive scale and then life can resume, then so be it. Let's stay home for the entire month of April. Are you with me? You can't really respond. I don't know why I'm waiting. Anyways, on this week's episode of Inside Music, I have my friend David from the band Charmer on to talk about his group's new album, Ivy, which will be in stores this April through No Sleep Records. Now, I have a very cool relationship with this band. I was able to write the bio for their new album. I've been able to talk to David on several occasions now, and I find him to be a very fascinating person. He hails from the Upper Peninsula part of Michigan, which for people not from the area is the little extra bit of Michigan that dangles just above the part that you call the mitten. David and I talk a little bit about that. We also talk about his work on this record, writing songs, and what the band is doing to stay sane during the coronavirus outbreak. I know it's a very scary time right now, so we don't try to focus too much on the negative, but instead focus on what we can do, the things we can control, and the joy that we can bring other people. And I hope that this conversation does a little bit of that for you. But before we get there, I have a few quick announcements. First and foremost, this episode of Inside Music and all episodes of the show is brought to you by Holix the music industry's leading promotional distribution platform. Now, Holix is used by artists like Slipknot, Blink-182, Tool, Killswitch Engage, Charmer, Best X, and many of the guests that you've heard here on Inside Music. You can join Holix today and receive your first month of service absolutely free. Just visit holix.com. That's H-A-U-L-I-X.com. I also want to encourage you to check out our YouTube channel. It's called Music Biz. That's Music B-I-Z. And there you can stream every episode of the show, as well as a ton of content related to succeeding and understanding the music business, all hosted by yours truly. So if you've ever wanted to see my face, you ever wanted to you know, put a put an image to the voice that you hear on the show, head over to YouTube and search Music Biz. One more time, it's Music B-I-Z. If you subscribed... I'd be indebted to you. And lastly, make sure that you check out this Charmer record. They play a very specific version of Midwest emo that I think is really just a beautiful thing. And their new album does a great job of welcoming new fans while also kind of tying up loose ends from their previous records, which is something you'll hear David talk about in just a few moments. But right now, we got to play the music. So just sit back, relax, stay safe, wash your hands, drink lots of water, and enjoy this conversation with David from Charmer. You just mentioned let's start with where you are right now so you're not at home right now i'm not at home right now no but you are in the up right where you live 
Yeah. So there's no okay. one up here, so it's okay. So I went from my house into my car, and then I drove like ten minutes to uh, um, Nick in our band has a screen printing business, and he has a little nice office. Uh, I don't know, down by the lake, and I'm just down here right now packing up some eBay orders, and you know, I'm by myself, so I'm not infecting anyone if I was infected. Well, that's good. Well, I hope it's not good that you don't know that you're infected or not. But it's good that you're not <laughs> infecting anyone right now by no, your actions. I mean, it's, it's here. There's a lot of people infected where I live, and we live in a town of like twenty thousand people. So it's got to be. Yeah, there's there's a growing number here in Grand Rapids. We're trying like on the news, they like have the count of how many people it is. But something I found online is they also list of, uh, they put a list of locations where everyone who is infected have been recently. That's way more yeah. terrifying. It is not, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, um, I mean, they obviously don't show what the actual number is. Um, there's no way that they actually show what the actual number is. No, I was like, we have, we have, uh, I know several people that work with in the hospital where we live and, and they have several patients that they're holding right now and have been for days, but there's been no news announcement of that anywhere publicly to the, to the town, you know? So the only way you'd know that if you knew someone that worked within that, you know, medical system. I know. I feel like if you pay attention online, you can find messages from people who know more than maybe they should be sharing. Which is total no, conspiracy I, theory it's, stuff. It's everywhere. So everyone thinks it's a conspiracy theory, but it's like it's actually it's going on. I know exactly. Like this morning there's a they set up a new testing facility here in Grand Rapids at the downtown hospital and the journalist covering it said they've seen about two hundred people today, and of those two hundred, about a third tested as being positive for potentially having COVID and I was just like, that's 67 people. That's more than the entire state is reporting right now. And oh, you're just yeah, like exactly. throwing it out there in a tweet. No, exactly. So that, that's just, that's why it's, it's just an interesting time for everyone really. Especially as somebody who is in the midst of about to release music and you're out there talking about something that has nothing to do with what everyone's thinking about right now. And you have to be like, Oh, by the way, I'm artistic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, but maybe it'll benefit. Maybe people um, will be bored and waiting for something. I don't know. I think it's going to go exactly like the release itself is going to go exactly as planned. Um, we're going to gonna have to probably cancel a bunch of shows, which is unfortunate, but I guess it just delays. Um, I mean, it's everyone doing it, so like, I'm not butthurt about it. It's just, just another thing to deal with. Absolutely, and... I feel like, I, you know, it's something I was wondering today, and I don't, right off the bat, I don't encourage anyone to do this. However, I do not doubt that within the next two to three weeks, someone on Twitter will ruin a party for somebody by posting basement show footage that's happening somewhere. Like, it's just inevitable that some DIY kids will make themselves sick to throw a house show somewhere after, uh, within the next month. It's just, it's going to happen. And I just wonder if we'll actually hear about it happening. Oh, they're going to get shamed on the internet. It's what's going to happen. People are sensitive. <laughs> they're going to get really mad. But, you know, if they want to do it. 
I think, I mean, I think the webcasting stuff is cool. I know that those guys at Hate Five Six are doing a live stream of Year of the Knife show at some venue somewhere tonight. And last night we watched the Dropkick Murphys one, and then we watched Anthony Green perform acoustic on Twitch. And I was like, I mean, this, it's not the same thing, but it's it's still it's something. I was still kind of got a little bit of that you know, that goodness that comes from experiencing live music, being there in the moment, even though it was like the Dropkick Murphys one had like a quarter of a million people watching, which is insane. Oh, that's, that's phenomenal. <laughs> like this, that's a dream. Anthony had like 4,000 still incredible, but no, that's I cool. Like, I mean, at least it's, you have to think about like you wouldn't have an opportunity, like artists wouldn't be doing this otherwise. So it is kind of cool, you know, and I think it will be like looked back on as, as, I don't know. Maybe it'll change how artists function in the future. Um, just from this, you know, two month quarantine or three month quarantine or six month quarantine or <laughs> whatever it turns into. But I don't know. Yeah. Don't don't put a timeline on it. You're just going to be wrong. It's fine. Oh, I'm I'm I'm, I'm already wrong. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, all the way. No one no one actually knows. It's uh, it's something I'm actually in a group chat with several other big. Uh, well, I'm not that I include myself among them, but several big music journalists, uh, knowledgeable industry people in our group chat is uh, just the darkest timeline of a group chat. It's just, it's just <laughs> constantly sharing insider information about what's happening in music, and every single update is like, Fuck, "Come on, <laughs> none of it's good." Nope, none yeah. of it's good. None but of it's good. I. But it is funny because I actually today I saw I saw a tweet somewhat instant that I didn't know someone was retweeting a tweet that was promoting your album coming up and still being excited for it. So I do think that people are, you know, excited to hear your album in particular, but just in general, I think like right now people want more content and music is probably going to be the biggest way that people get stuff for the foreseeable future. Yeah, absolutely. How do you feel about how people have, you know, reacted to what you've already shared i know that you and i have talked previously about this stuff but people weren't privy to that conversation so <laughs> doing it all over again you know how people have reacted to the songs that are already out there in the world do you is it is it going as well as you hoped i know there's some changes to what's going on in sonically with oh uh, yeah i mean any any time that people are taking the time to listen to your art you know that's good um you know for a couple of years i would get very insecure um about what other artists were doing and what other bands were doing and when they're releasing this, you know, you just kind of feel like, Oh, you're doing nothing. Um, but anytime someone's taking the time out of their day to listen to your music, it's great. And, and so far, um, this is our first time we've put a release out where, um, we actually have an established, you know, fan base, if you want to call it that. Um, and people know, cause last time we put out an album, no one knew anything that we were doing. So, um, I would say it's great. Um, and I'm, I'm very pleased how everything's going and, um i'm very proud of the record and and i think that most people will really enjoy it that have listened to us before when it comes out and um more importantly i think it's gonna bridge the gap and get us you know a lot more um attention from people that um in the past didn't really give us a chance um but so far so great that's good to hear, man. And I, I and I feel like you have the added benefit of riding this wave of Michigan releases that are coming out right now. You got Hot Mulligan did so well. The Dog Lake record being best new music, pretty big deal for Pitchfork. And now we're just we're rolling up on the Charmer record. Yeah, and there's other, you know, um uh Grey Matter just put out a record. Um and I don't know them very well, but they're from downstate and um, they've been nothing but nice to us and they just put out a record and it's very good. 
Um, my buddy Chandler just put out a record in Nest Lake. Um, and I know he's got another thing planned. So there's a lot going on in Michigan. There's always a lot going on in Michigan. Um, and even, you know, a lot of times living in the UP, you don't hear what's going on, but there's a lot of cool bands up here putting out stuff that kind of goes under the radar just because the volume of people is not here. Um, to really hype it up on the internet uh, more than anything, because that's kind of how it works nowadays. But um, lots of good music out of Michigan, always. I'm very proud to be located in Michigan, even though we're not really, <laughs> I don't know, we're so detached from everything that's going on, it seems like, but it's still, it's still great to be part of Michigan music. Yeah, and for people that, that don't understand how far away you are, like I live in Grand Rapids, which is, let's say, conservatively about an hour and a half to two hours from the border to Indiana. And you are like eight hours from me. <laughs> <More or less. laughs> Correct. North. Yes. It doesn't make yeah. much sense, but <laughs> yeah. And yep. the quickest timeline I could get there in like seven and a half hours without traffic. If the bridge is open. Yeah. And it's so funny when, you know, we're, we're, we're talked about within other Michigan, you know, bands. Cause I think people just assume we're from downstate or in the Detroit area or something, because we always get clumped in with these bands and, it's it's really nice, but like we don't know half of them. We don't <laughs> like never met them. I don't know what they sound like. I don't you know. So it's pretty interesting in that sense. But I wish uh, I definitely wish the UP um, and the music up here got more attention. Um, like people downstate did, you know, they have the opportunity and um, exposure down there. Yeah, I just I just think no one's ever heard like a, a big artist that came out of the UP, unless I'm mistaken, you can totally correct me, but I've only ever known, like when I was in college, I had a bunch of friends and bands that lived that were from the UP. And I remember going home to like what going up with them to their home to like see them perform. And I was like, it is its own, it's its own scene altogether. No, absolutely. I mean, and then there's everything here. Um, you know, if you're like in the college crowd, which, um, you know, when we first started in 2015, we, we played, every month in town, you know, and that's something we would never consider doing now, but you know, whether it be a house show or playing at, you know, a brewery or we would just load up the shows and play as much as we could that first year. Um, and it still continues and, and, and you see a lot of bands and, you know, people don't just go out for genres. They go out just to see live music. They're just craving it. You know, there's a nice university here with a, a decent size, you know, number of students. And um, everyone is just genuinely excited when an out-of-town act comes or local music, you know, any house show. Um, it's really cool to see because um, you kind of see everything in that sense. And, and, and you're exposed to so many different kind of genres of music um, that maybe you wouldn't give a try or, or take the time to listen to um, prior. And um, that's why I always encourage like touring brands to come through because a lot of times they'll come through and they'll say, you know, that was like one of the best shows of the tour um, just because it was like loaded with, you know, 80 to 100 kids that were just dying for live music. And it's not about the genre. You know, they're just happy that it's present in front of them. Yeah, I remember when I lived in Boston for a while, there's always this there's this trend of like, there's this thing in there called Boston comedians. Like the Boston has this giant comedy scene that's recognized all over the world, but there's this core group of like full-time professional comedians who never really leave new England. Cause there's just, there's enough opportunity that on some level they can kind of do what they love and they don't have to worry about going everywhere. Where even if you're downstate, if you live in like grand Rapids, 
you probably can't get away with just being in Grand Rapids. You have to go to Lansing or Detroit or somewhere even further away. And I feel like the UP has its own little version of that, whereas like there are people in the UP who build a fairly good career for themselves with just playing all the towns and pit stops along the way up there. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, there's not a whole lot of places to play, if I'm being completely honest. Um, you know, Marquette is good. Um, Houghton, um, we haven't been up there in a while, but it, it used to be really good. There was a house and a group of people that were really dedicated. And um, I know a lot of them left because they were college kids. Um, but that was a great place to play, too. Um, you know, and then you'll have the smaller towns. I mean, they're all small towns, given, like, the biggest town is 20,000 people. But you have bands from the smaller towns, you know, forming and coming up. And it's all really cool to see, honestly. Um, I think a lot of people are inspired by other bands that were, um, you know, doing the thing. And it's it's kind of cool because it's a chain reaction. Absolutely. I think the last time I was in the UP, I was in college and I had to do a report on the Keweenaw Brewing Company. So then we made a last KBC. road trip up there. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. The pickaxe blonde ale back in my drinking days. Love that. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, my sister, my sister, maybe she still works there. I don't know. She's going to get her doctorate up at uh, Michigan Tech, and she's been working. I think she's worked at KBC for like three years now, three, four years. Oh, now we're getting real inside baseball from Michigan. Only residents of a certain part of Michigan. <laughs> like, this is content just for you guys. <laughs> um, yeah. Tell me, man. So I, I guess I, I should ask you some like solid questions about the record. It's funny because you and I have talked about the record so much already that it's like it feels a little bit like having the same conversation again. And it's it's fine. People don't know that. Um, people, yeah, I people helped, don't know that. Yeah. So I wrote I wrote the bio for this new record, which means I heard it like in I don't know January, I think it was, and then you and I talked about it for a while. And then I talked about it with your publicist and I talked about it with Chris from no sleep. And I was like, I've, so when they were like, Hey, can, can Dave do the podcast? I was like, he can, but does, do you realize that we have to have a a similar conversation? Like we have to basically do it all over again. Like we both have amnesia. (laughs) I had actually, so I remember talking to you on the phone for a while, but I don't, you know, I don't remember that much specifics. I'll probably say some similar stuff. (laughs) Maybe I'll contradict myself. I have no idea. Well, it's one of those things where, you know, I used to, I used to do a lot of video content for a blog I ran, and I never remember any of the video stuff we did. But the guy who had to edit my videos, oh, he, he was like, all. he's yeah, he knows it all, and he was like, he's one he's one of my best friends, and he on multiple occasions he would be like, I literally don't want to see your face. He's like, I just, he's like, it's not that I don't love you, but I've been looking at it for twelve hours today before you even want to come over, and I'm just over you. And I'm like, okay, man, it's cool. So in that instance, you know, I record the conversation with you, and then I listen to it several times over to work on writing a bio for you guys, which is really fun. And then they're like, do you want to talk about it some more? And I'm like, what else is there for us to talk about? Um, I, but let's talk about it anyways. So the new record is cool for a lot of reasons. I really enjoy it. But something that I brought up to you when I first heard it is that to me, it's almost like your guys is a version of an Avengers infinity war in game where everything that anyone knows about charmer is wrapped up here as well as kind of, planting seeds for what's to come next. Do you still feel that way? Oh, absolutely. And, and that's what it was. You know, that was the mindset um, when writing it. I, I was having horrible writer's block the whole time writing it. Because, um, I, I, you know, I, I, there was a part of me that really wanted to move on and do the next thing. Um, 
And I think that this really bridged the gap for us to now be able to do the next thing um, musically. Um, you know, I love emo music and, and, you know, that's what got me into it and inspired me to start the band, you know, in like 2015. And I was listening to a lot of it then. Um, but, you know, that's that's five years ago now. And I'm older and, and things change and you kind of grow out of a lot of that. And I, I you know, I kind of find myself not listening to much of any emo music nowadays. Um, so I really had a hard time writing another emo record. Um, but I think this definitely bridged the gap. And I'm really glad that, you know, we went with the, uh, you know, lyrical thematics of, you know, concluding of what we discussed prior in our discography. And it leaves us with a nice, you know, template to, you know, branch off of when we do the next thing. In terms of wrapping up, you know, kind of arcing themes or storylines and stuff, what was... I guess maybe the most kind of challenging ideas to kind of bring, was there anything that was like maybe added difficulty in terms of kind of trying to wrap up some thoughts or just close the book on some things? I mean, I imagine that maybe the hardest part is starting new things versus, you know, saying, okay, the book's closed and now here's this new thing that it's kind of different. Like that's a challenge in itself. But in terms of wrapping stuff up, was there any one song or kind of idea that was a little bit harder to tackle this time, knowing that you were purposely trying to wrap it up? Um, I don't think so. I think it came pretty easy because um, a lot of it really does weave uh, in and out with one another and complements one another. Um, so what ended up happening is we, you know, had all these instrumentals written and then we kind of went through and picked out the ones we really enjoyed the most. And then um, for about three months before we went and recorded in, in November, um, every day I would just sit down, you know, um, in my little home recording space and I would just demo stuff out and demo stuff out and try different you know, lines here and there. And sometimes, you know, some, a lot of the songs on the album, I would try a set of lyrics in one of the songs and, and another song before I even tried it in that song, you know? So it's kind of like placing, you know, pieces of the puzzle um, to the instrumentals, because like I said, I was having such bad writer's block lyrically um, because I just didn't relate to a lot of the content um, because I kind of just grew out of it. But um, also I knew, I couldn't, I don't know. It was, it was very difficult to think of new thematics to bridge off of because there was a whole nother pile of instrumentals, you know, that we kind of just kept on throwing to the side that really didn't fit our genre or, you know, the style we had or be too intimidating to like listeners or people that wanted, you know, another charmer record. It just wouldn't sound like us. And we didn't really want to do that quite yet um, because everyone in the band really does come from drastically different musical backgrounds and, but it was a fun challenge overall. Absolutely. And are you somebody that keeps writing? Like I, right now, if you look at, you know, any industry blog or advice column or podcasts, like the one you're listening to right now, people will say <laughs> things about, you know, now is we're going to get so much creativity out of this particular time in the world because everyone is forced into a similar situation. And so the you know, universal themes and relatability are going to be ever more present. But are you like you guys? You haven't even put out this record yet. Are you already working on new stuff, or are you? Do you just kind of put it to bed until it's time to make something new? Um, I personally am always working on a little bit of stuff. Not, um, not like every day, and, and not sitting at around time. It's like I get a melody in my head, or 
um, I'm at home and I'm just noodling on the guitar and, and then I run across like a progression I like and then start building off of it. Um, personally, I have, you know, a bunch of ideas that I'd like to, you know, uh, present to the other members of the band. Uh, and I'm sure we'll start doing that now that we have some more free time. Um, and then I personally am always, you know, recording like lo-fi, you know, stuff like pop music, um, just myself. So maybe one day I'll release a collection of those because I have at least 20 tracks like that that are kind of just sitting on a hard drive. I don't know. So always writing. It's a good creative outlet. Um, but we'll see what we do as far as the new um, Charmer stuff. You know, I think it'd be fun to do an EP. Um, I think it'd be fun to revisit some old stuff that we don't like the recordings of. Um you know, there's like a lot of a lot of things we could pursue in this downtime. Um, it's just a matter of, I guess, what we what we choose. But yeah, always writing, and I know everyone else in the band is always writing. Um, Neil, um, the lead guitarist, and he also sings a little bit. He comes up with phenomenal guitar parts that you know you never know when I'm going to get a voice memo on my phone, and he's and he's like, check this out, and it's like my favorite thing ever. Um, and then Nick, our drummer, is always playing different bands, so you know. A lot of elements come in and it kind of just happens. I don't know. No, I think that that's great. And it sounds like you have your own collection of lo-fi beats to study and work out to ready to, ready to share with the world. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with that quite yet. Um, I'm not like a solo guy and I, I don't have the personality to be a solo guy. So um, I don't know what I'll do with that. It's more for myself than <laughs> others, I think at this point, but we'll see what happens with that. I don't know, man. I, you know, I do a lot of data studies for work and, you know, the, the lo-fi beat stuff and lo-fi pop music stuff on Spotify from even anonymous artists that nobody knows anything about tend to have like major streaming numbers because people put those playlists on repeat nonstop. I mean, it could be, it could be your new like thing. No one knows you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But a lot of mine has like lyrics and stuff like that too. So I don't know if that mixes with those, with those playlists you're talking about, but, um, <laughs> Maybe after the, I'll, I'll send you a link after uh, the okay. podcast. I would love. No, I'm a hundred percent into it. I would, I would love to hear it. I mean, it could it could be your new thing. Imagine if like, you know, Charmer was your public facing thing, but like your side hustle was just you make lo-fi beats to study and work to. Just <laughs> this like that's yeah, like your secret maybe. thing. Maybe you have some un unpronounceable name that's more consonants, more vowels than consonants. It's just yeah, we'll get, come up with something good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or you just rearrange charmer into something else and make it, make it the whole thing. Um, I love it. L let me ask you this because it's something that we talked about at the very beginning of this and I, I should have brought it up then. And we're kind of getting to the end of our time together. Now, do you think in this wave of, you know, webcasting, live streaming, all that, have you guys talked at all about doing some kind of charmer cast broadcast for the world, performing some of these songs stripped down or something? Um, I, I, strong chances are no. Um, and we're just, it's, it's, I think it's just really our personalities as people. Um, I don't think we're going to do anything like that. I mean, it's, it's a good idea and all, but, um, I don't know. I don't think I would get any gratification from that <laughs> personally. Um, yeah. I mean, it's been That's proposed good. already because a lot of bands are doing it, but I don't think I feel very comfortable or us as a group really is interested in doing that. Um, but we'll see. As a viewer, I don't, don't want to say been, no, you know. 
Yeah. Well, it's been fun watching the people who've done it so far, whether it's Code Orange or Dropkick or some of the smaller artists, because you know, virtually no one knows how to do it well. That is generally a touring musician. So like the Code Orange one, there was a moment where he was like, you know, let's get crazy or like get get up here on stage. And the Dropkick one, there was a moment last night during shipping up to Boston where Al Barr got to the front of the stage and was like kind of signaling for everyone to clap along. And I was like, what does he, does he want us to clap in our houses? Like, what are we, what are we doing right now? You know what I mean? Like people just don't know what to do with their hands and like their audience interaction. Uh, One of the new Dropkick songs last night, we were laughing because Ken Casey was literally just pacing from one end of the stage to the other while singing the song. And I was like, he just doesn't know what to do with himself. No, exactly. And I think it'd be weird. And and it'd be one thing if we had, you know, a a team behind us that was uh, miking everything properly and we had, you know, high production. Um, going on as far as like audio quality and stuff but you know if we just put an iphone in uh in, in you know in our practice space and just film us playing it's gonna sound bad that's <laughs> what it's gonna sound like so it's a cool idea i mean maybe if we had more better resources yeah i mean it's it's cool enough the, my favorite thing i saw this far is the the dropkick guys did a shirt that was like um on the front it had the the logo for the show that was the same as the poster but on the back it was like a tour shirt and the only date was march 17th and then the location was my living room which i was like that's that's <laughs> genius like really cashing yeah. in on that <laughs> yeah um so the album comes out not this friday it comes out does it come out next friday for the 27th or is it this friday oh it's the third the third, third, third. Oh my gosh. Okay, we're getting there. It's coming out. The no, you can be too. I, I constantly, I have this problem where I actually do forget um, when it is coming out. And well, it's just, it's the age you, we you live in now, right? You made me think it was Friday for a second. I was like, oh no, it's Friday already. So yeah, yeah like, I think I have to do more Friday interviews. Come out. <laughs> <laughs> and you seem to be feeling good about it? Yeah, like, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just, no I'm nerves. ready for it to be out. Oh, so many nerves so many security <laughs> issues um nah. i think once it's out i'll be much more at ease about it you know like Don't i said i i have i have a, a tendency to compare to other things going on and it's just not you know it's not very healthy actually and I, I've, I've done very well to get past that and stuff but you know it's just you know normal competitiveness and in in music there shouldn't be any competitiveness so once it's out and it's in the open, you know, I'll be much more at ease of uh, the album. I think it's going to be great, to be honest. Well, I'm excited to watch people hear it. I mean, it's my favorite thing this month with Hot Mulligan and then Dogleg bands that I've been either working with or just kind of involved with the rollout for a while now. It's cool to finally see people hear the record and see what people gravitate towards. And I'm sure it's doubly exciting, triply exciting for you to see that because you're just like, oh, my baby's out there and people don't hate it. That's great. Yeah, it's truly. So and, and and both phenomenal records also, I, I will I'll say. So, you know, to be the last one of that trio of Michigan bands releasing an album hopefully are hits par, but I, I'm like I said, I'm very confident. Yeah, I think a little bit of something for everyone on the album. Yeah, no, I think I think you guys will be great, and I think people will embrace it similarly. There, the three albums could not be more different, but that's what's so exciting about it is that there's this weird thing that happens in this state where everyone becomes a storyteller, but they no one tells the same story the same way or the same story than the same sound. Like everyone's yeah. so different. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's a whole other conversation. Anyways, the the record is out the beginning of April. Everyone will probably almost definitely be locked inside their houses so no one has an excuse not to stream it 
And uh, if you're listening to this now before it comes out, because we'll probably get this out before then, you know, go stream the singles that are out already and put them on. You know, just turn just turn the volume on Spotify down and let it roll. Let it just roll, baby. Do all those streams. <laughs> it's fine. We have at Holics, we have a quarantine playlist. If you go on Spotify, you can look it up. It's all Holics clients. Charmer is on there, along with Dogleg and Hot Mulligan and a ton of other great bands that have albums out right now. So check that out. And uh, anything else, David? Uh, no, I was uh, my only thing I had a question for you is uh, uh, how's that Twitter mm-hmm. suspension going? No, oh, my Twitter suspension. <laughs> I it is. I think it's. I think it's permanent. I think it's. Really? I think I am. I yeah, know, that's unbelievable to me. Like I don't know why. It's. I don't know why either. At the the tweet for people that don't know the story, my main Twitter James D. Shotwell got flagged for uh, copyright for a video, a news story about president trump getting flagged for copyright over a video he posted on his twitter (laughs) so i got i got copyrighted for reporting about copywriting and i and it's weird because twitter has this rule where if you want to get unsuspended sometimes it's days sometimes if you want to get unsuspended it requires the person that issued the takedown request to retract it but you know they email like you know thousands of of people at once, you know, they just kind of like comb through and I sent multiple emails and I sent emails to Twitter and nobody's gotten back to me in that it will be two weeks or three weeks this Saturday since it happened. And so I lost almost 5,000 Twitter followers and now I have 114 and, uh, it's, you know, on, on, on the good side though, that this happened just before, all this COVID stuff, I am a little less on my, I, there are days where I forget that I don't have my old Twitter followers. And so I'm sitting there like refreshing the app being like, where are all the tweets? And I realized, Oh, I only follow <laughs> like 75 people. So, so there's just, unbelievable that they just do that though. And you can't, you know, and there's such a hard impenetrable wall. Cause like if you emailed the first time I emailed Twitter support, they emailed me back in Spanish and then I emailed them and I was like, Hey, I uh, had to run this through Google translate could you uh, email me in English in the future? And then they sent me the same email back, but in English. And I was like, this is not what I meant. Clearly I read the first email (laughs) and then they were like, you need to get the retraction. And so I've been doing like the dance. And then at one point, and I really like, I really lost it for a bit. Like I needed to ego check myself because I was like, I was having a panic moment about it irrationally. So in the car and I was just like my followers, my clout And, (laughs) and my girl and my girlfriend who, works for live nation is in music all the time and doesn't have a Twitter and never has had a Twitter was just like the number of followers you have does not, does not affect like how people see you. And I was like, doesn't it though? <laughs> and it, when I heard that come out of my mouth, my whole body was like, mm, you're right. You're right. I got, I got to take a break. <laughs> it was just like, it was like, okay, okay, okay. So, so now it's uh, James Shotwell underscore. I have a very small, pitiful following, but I really I wish I, I really hope it works out. I mean, I, I hope it does too, but at this point I'm just like, the only thing that makes me mad is all the, all the stuff in the past that has my old Twitter handle tied to it that I, I don't have the power to change. Like it, interviews. it goes to nothing. Yeah. It goes to a suspended account or like if I apply for a job somewhere and they like Google me and it comes up with my suspended account, they'll be like, uh, you're not a good social media manager. Dude. <laughs> like you couldn't even manage your own social media account. <laughs> so, so there's that, but I did, you know, I, I had, 
I, you know, I've been still doing some bios. I just, I knocked out the hot mulligan one. I did your guys's. I'm doing the best X one right now. And, uh, I just wrote a story for alt press that came out yesterday. So I'm still getting work. So I guess my Twitter clout doesn't matter that much, but I'm sure that there will be some, some scenario where a label is like, do you want this guy to write your bio? And they'll be like, Psh, look at that follower account. No, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I think it'd be good. I think it'd be good. Most people I've talked to since talking to you originally, uh, that I've shared your name with, uh, you you're very known. So I think <laughs> well, that's okay. good. That's <laughs> good. I, I, uh, yeah. So my, my new plan is that I'm building, um, I'm using all of this downtime that we currently have to, uh, to build a new like personal website. And then I'll probably just, I'll probably just like text you and be like, I need a good quote from, I need you to write my bio now. <laughs> like send me quotes about myself. So I have like experience quotes. Be like, he used to have a good Twitter. <laughs> He's an okay writer. He's, he's an okay good guy. Yeah. yeah, he's he deserves more Twitter followers. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been funny because I did also have to like I had a you know I have a lot of bands that follow me and like musicians and bands that are verified. So like of my 114 followers, I want to say like half of them are verified accounts. I don't want to be like, can't Twitter see this and be like clearly <laughs> something, is, something Yeah, people know we're, who this guy not, is. We're not verified though, so we're not helping you out. You'll get there. You'll get there. I mean, I, it took hot- I made an ode that I throw my phone in the toilet if we got verified like a year ago. <laughs> so hopefully that does not happen you took the opposite approach of hot mulligan and you're just like we're not gonna What's ask all right man well i i enjoy talking to you do send me some of this lo-fi stuff that you're working on and everyone else since you can't hear that go listen to the charmer tracks they're real good and you know read their bio because that's also decent <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we will uh We'll hopefully talk soon. I'm I'm gonna come up there when um, the World War Z situation ends, and uh, maybe you can like maybe we can do a podcast at Pictured Rocks or some other location. That's very scenic. Maybe we can do something like that. It might be a little windy, but I'm down. I mean, I don't know if the cabin from Escanaba in the moonlight is a real cabin, but if we could go there, oh, I would also say, okay, well then I would, then, then, okay, then I've changed. I'm pivoting. Everyone's home right now. Before we end this, everyone, if you're still listening, go Google Escanaba in the moonlight and watch it. Just don't if ask you want, It's a bad movie, but you can watch it. Dude, it's, it's a movie. That's for sure. It's a movie. People, people came together and worked months to make that movie, uh, make that happen. <laughs> So right, go well, check that out. Thank you, James. Uh, stay safe <laughs> through all this. Absolutely, man. Uh, you have a you have a good time. Good to see you.